Well, welcome. It's the Boiler Basketball Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. I am Jared Jessalitis. Uh, happy Festivus to you, to all that celebrate Jeff Julik across the uh, way from here. I think technically Festivus is tomorrow, though. I think that is correct. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, we uh, we won't air any grievances uh, on this program because uh, what is there to uh, be grievanced by here? The Boilermakers roll into a 100-57 win last night. Uh, lots of dunks, uh, just good overall win. You take it, you cover, you head in the holiday, you get a, you know, like my dad used to say, get in, bag it, and get out. No need to dilly-dally here. And uh, that's exactly what they did. And you escape injury-free, Jeff. You can't ask for much more than that. You know, and I just thought it was a great performance last night because, quite frankly, I thought Jacksonville had some of that FDU qualities to them. And, you know, they came out with a junk defense at times. And they, uh, you know, they they attacked Zach with double teams. I mean, Zach had very few touches in that first half. But it didn't seem to matter because everybody else stepped up and, you know, this team is just so motivated, and, and when they play these type teams like Jacksonville, they just seem really motivated to to score, to produce, play great defense, and, you know, they're preparing themselves for March, and, and playing a team like that last night uh, certainly helps you with that, and, you know, you, you have plenty of highlight reel uh, film from all these great dunks that they had, and you, you prepare yourself now to get a few days off and enjoy your Christmas holiday, and, uh come back afterwards, and, and one last game against Eastern Kentucky next week, and then it's on to Big Ten play. Of course, the big one was uh, Saturday, the 92-84 victory uh, over uh, Arizona, number one ranked Wildcats. Uh, if um, and, and I said this during my show, I think on Monday, um, if you told me before the game that uh, it was uh, an Evo Wilson ball, I would have told you to. <laughs> Gainbridge, Wilson ball, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not thinking that Fletcher Lawyer is going to shoot the lights out with that one. History would tell you that he does not. But credit Chris Foreman, you know, he brought this up about just how well he performs against top ten teams. That I was not fully aware of, to be honest with you. But uh, I thought not only do you win that game in great fashion, uh, but the fact that you did that with that ball—that was one of those demons. From last year, you know, along with the three-point shooting, which you've clearly shown that you're capable of doing that. But, you know, shooting and playing with that ball was a real bugaboo last year and, and the year before that. But now you go out there, Gamebridge at a, uh, a facility. You, you played in better as of late, yes. You know, you've done that. But, uh, let's face it, the history was not had not been kind to Purdue when playing down there. Uh, before that. So it was just nice to see all that kind of come together and to see uh, a good kid like Fletch just have the game that he did. Well, there's several demons that they got rid of. I mean, you know, Purdue, as you said, has never played well coming out of finals week, and, and they certainly did uh, that on Saturday. And, you know, I think Coach Painters went back, and, you know, it's that FDU loss has just bugged him to no end. And so he's went back and reevaluated his whole program. And, you know, I'm sure Purdue could have used a different basketball if they wanted to on that game Saturday, but they wanted to play with a Wilson basketball because that's been, you know, a problem for them in the tournament. So well, Arizona doesn't play with it. They, they play with a Nike ball too. Yeah. So, I mean, so the basketball choice would have been a Nike, but that's just another factor of a, you know, of a, a national championship type game, which you easily may see again uh, between those two teams and using a Wilson basketball. And, you know, Fletcher just steps up, as you say, in these big games. I mean, don't forget he had that big three-pointer to beat the Buckeyes last year at the buzzer in Ohio State, and he had, you know, the big, big game against uh, against Tennessee earlier this season. So, you know, you know, a 
a lot of people were clamoring that maybe they ought to make a substitute in the a substitution in the lineup and the starting lineup early in the year. And he's just he had just a terrific game, not only defensively but not offensively but defensively as well. And so, you know, it, it's so exciting to see that. And then you see a game like last night where you know Braden Smith has been carrying this team the last few games. He goes for two points, and Fletcher goes for what six last night. So I mean. You know, this team can win in so many different ways, and, and they're showing that week after week. Yeah, and of course, uh, Fletch took a little bit of a victory lap there, too, during the press conference. So you people that were doubting him and thinking he should lose his starting spot, uh, yeah, not uh, not so fast. But uh, here go another game, too, the Arizona game, Jeff, where uh, the prognosticators say, well, you know, these uh, guards aren't ready for the size and what Arizona can do. It's like, yeah. You know, I heard that against uh, Tennessee. I heard that against Marquette. Yeah, um, big athletic guards. You know, yeah. uh-huh. we we did talk about it with Boo Booey, right? Uh, you know, but here we go. They they handled that. I also heard, too, Zach Eady. Well, he's not going to be able to eat because and they got this size, and they'll be able to. Here's another game that I hear about that. And, and what's he do? Well, he goes right back out there, and he eats, doesn't he? So uh, it, it's crazy to me. And, and I read a lot of Vegas guys uh, say this kind of stuff, too, because they rely on some of these advanced metrics that don't take into consideration things. Um, like, you know, oh, this team doesn't really foul that much. Well, if they're shooting threes, remember we had this whole yeah. thing with the, the, the Torres guy, yeah. Alabama, well, he's not officiated properly. Oh, well, you know what? If they're all shooting threes. There's no, you know, you're, you're not going to draw those fouls and stuff, too. So, um, it, it, yeah, if people want to keep on relying on those numbers instead of actually watching Purdue play, I am more than happy to take advantage of their tomfoolery and, uh, and and make money on it, and you should be too. Well, you know, I think the problem is is that people just can't grasp their 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 fingers around the fact that this Purdue team they is don't want so to. good. They don't okay? want no, to. They don't want to. It upsets the order of it things. Does. It does. You know, and Purdue is becoming a dominant basketball team, the best team in the country, and. You know, that's tough for even Purdue fans. You know, I hear Purdue fans say, I don't know if I want to be ranked number one. That's a lot of Were pressure. these jabronis that all had UConn better than <laughs> exactly. us this week? Yeah, how'd that work out for you? I mean, it's just tough for not only Purdue fans, but fans around the country and especially uh, sports reporters to to grasp that Purdue is the best team in the country. And quite frankly, when you've got a player that nobody can defend and then you throw around guards that can shoot the basketball and role players that Purdue has like Trey Kaufman Wren, who goes for 15 and six last night. I mean, we saw a, I don't know if it's the ceiling, but if Purdue plays like they did against Arizona, which was not necessarily one of their best games of the year, but if they play with, with two guards shooting the basketball, the way they did, nobody in the country is going to beat Purdue. No, I look it. They definitely look insurmountable right now, but then again, they did do. They did look like this at, at this point last year too, and then kind of teams found found a niche there. Like you know, Arizona went to that uh, zone, you yeah. know, and uh, Purdue struggled with that for a little bit there. But they eventually kind of you know figured figured out how to get around that. Teams are going to continue to try new things because you go in going, hey, what we normally do, we can't win. We're going to have to try something new. Somebody's going to try something and maybe find, you know, something that works here, which better teams are going to be able to capitalize on. Um, When and if that happens, I I do not know. But I feel like that's almost an inevitability that it's going to have to happen. What I am shocked at. For as many coaches as tell that, that that say, yeah, you got to find a way to get Zach Eady off the floor. Yeah, you got to make your hay when Zach Eady's off the floor. 
they don't ever attack him. Do you notice that? No. Nobody, all this no. great guard play, and nobody tries to take it to the hoop against him and draw the fouls. Uh, how much longer until somebody who's savvy enough goes, yeah, well, we need, to, we need to put somebody up on Edie and see if we can't draw a couple early fouls and loosen that up a little bit here and see if that gives us a better chance. That has to happen eventually, right? Well, you would think, but then you see, you know, last night where, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't score in the first half and the team just hits three after three after three and, and takes the takes the lead and puts Jacksonville away. So, I mean, yeah, you can attempt that, and and you know, That's a, look, look, no disrespect, but Jackson, that is a terrible defense. They're already a terrible defense. Ken Palm will tell you that as well. You could, I mean, these guys, you know, guys like Fletcher, guys like Miles Colvin, uh, you give them an open three in their spot, they're going to knock it down, especially in Mackey Arena. You can't always count on that, but you know. Back to back to the point there is I just don't understand why people don't go, hey, I can sustain that in the short term here if I can get the big guy off the floor. Somebody's going to have to try that eventually. Well, the nice part is, is that uh, Purdue's given a lot of teams headaches trying to figure out how to do this. And uh, and now you're about to, to go into Big Ten play where we've seen every team over the years and they've seen Zach Eady and they've tried things against Zach Eady. And I'm not sure how much new stuff you're going to see in the Big Ten when it comes to try to stop him because uh, – you know, they haven't had any success trying to slow him down. And, uh, you know, what a luxury you have when you know you're going to get your ho-hum 20, 25 points a game out of uh, out of uh, Zach and then the guards play as well as they have been playing. You know, this basketball team looks really, really good. And I tell you what, I'm excited to see some of these Big Ten games coming up after the first of the year. Yeah, just a ho-hum, uh, ho-hum performance yeah. out of uh... – out of Zach Eady, yeah, that's uh, that is something there. All right, look, we're going to take a little time out here. Uh, we got a great show loaded up for you here. Uh, we do have Nate Barrett scheduled to be on with us here. Alan Carpet, GoldenBlack.com, our guest next. So stick around for that as we spend the whole hour talking Boilermaker hoops here on the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017 TheHammer.com. Hey, welcome back. This is the Boiler Basketball Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. It is Jared Jessalitis. It is Jeff Julikin on our Blue Fox Eating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. Headman over there at uh, goldenblack.com, Alan Carpick. It's a great website. If you're running out of time to get a present, can't get something delivered, hey, you got to get the Boilermaker fan in your life a subscription to goldenblack.com. Uh, there is so much going on on that site. You're going to absolutely love it. And you can gift those subscriptions as well, Alan, correct? Uh, you can, and still through uh, operators are standing by, as they say. So, yeah, we are we are doing that. We've had a good rush of everybody's excited about Purdue basketball, and, and uh, that's a good thing. And the signing day this week, a lot of coverage going on. So yeah. it's all good. And the portal doesn't stop either, too. So portal's no, 24-7, no, I swear. It's not. So uh, make sure you check that out. Uh, they're great. There's great free content over there too. Don't think that you're gonna, you know, you need to be a subscriber for everything. There's great free content over there. But I'm telling you, uh, become a subscriber because uh, it is totally worth it for every Purdue fan. All right, Al. Uh, it's a good week for uh, Purdue basketball. They beat the number one team in the country in Gamebridge. Uh, they turn around. They become the number one team in the country despite you know two or three uh, sports voters' uh, best efforts for some reason. And then uh, they come home here on Friday. Uh, they win, uh, no pro- or I'm sorry, Thursday, they win, no problem last night, looking good. Heading into the holiday here, it just, there's not a lot to complain about with Purdue basketball. It's kind of nice. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that last night uh, in that win over Jacksonville was a, you know, a pretty good sign. I mean, in general, they paid pretty good attention to detail. There were some sluggish moments, certainly, but uh, I think you have to be impressed with where Purdue is right now and the fact that the Purdue did not turn the ball over. Uh, a lot of guys got a chance to play, and the whole roster got a chance to play. 
You saw good things out of Will Berg and Camden Heidi, especially guys that have, you know, not that Berg is going to be a big part of this down the road, but uh, this year, I should say, he may be very well be down the road. So, uh, again, uh, a good a good performance last night and certainly a uh, transcendent performance uh, on Saturday uh, beating Arizona. And, Alan, when that uh, schedule came out uh, last summer, I mean, just a daunting non-conference schedule. It, in your wildest dream, did you think this team could, could go undefeated with, with those kind of opponents that they were playing? Well, they haven't played Eastern Kentucky yet, Jeff, I, know, no, I know, I know. But no, I, I'm curls. just kidding. I, I, you know, I, I really <laughs> – yeah, it's hard. I thought they might they would trip up against somebody, but they just haven't done that. And even though the way the season – and, we, you know, we always go back to the way the last season ended. This is – a uh, yes, it, it Purdue limped home at the end of last year without question, but limped home certainly in the NCAA tournament. You know, people forget they did win the Big Ten tournament uh, right before they lost to FDU. So uh, I, I thought this team had a chance to be to, 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 to even be a step up. And when you saw how uh, Purdue played uh, over the over the uh, summer uh, and without Zach Eady. Uh, in in Europe, and even the fact they lost to Arkansas in the in this exhibition game probably also allowed Purdue to have something what it seems to have right now, which is a little bit of a chip on its shoulder, and that's uh, causing it to helping it, I should say, to to play at a very very high level. So I'm not shocked by it, but uh, yes, if you go back and look at it, that it has been an absolute gauntlet, and Purdue's been able to navigate it, and it's definitely been the most difficult non-conference schedule in the, in the program history. Talking with Alan Karpik on the Blue Fox Heating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. Your MVP for this first half of the season here, Alan. Um, uh, no disrespect to Zach Eady. I got to wonder if it's not Lance Jones, to be honest. But uh, if you were to give out an MVP here for, uh, and again, I know we haven't played Eastern Kentucky. I get it. But, uh, or Michigan, you know, or Kentucky or Michigan? Kentucky. Yeah, Mich- Eastern Kentucky. Eastern yeah. Kentucky. Eastern I don't know Kentucky. why yep. I'm losing my mind here. The Colonel. The cur- sorry. Yes, sir. Yes. Sir. Dude, sir. Uh, don't want to disrespect the Colonels, but uh, your MVP for the first half of the season, Alan, uh, who would get it? Uh, it's still Zach Eady. I mean, to me, he's he's played up another level, and I, and I would put Braden Smith at, at uh, in position number two. You know, Lance Jones has been a good and has done some good things uh, without question. I think he's he is a little bit still remains and probably will remain the X factor uh, for what uh, Purdue can Purdue can achieve. Maybe Fletcher Lawyer too, in terms of that X factor discussion. But I, I just think Zach Eady, even though, uh, well, there no no qualifiers here. He's just played. Uh, he's taken his game even up a level. Uh, and uh, yes, he has pedestrian games. But even last night, uh, his numbers were were somewhat uh, uh, average for him, under or, or maybe even slightly under average. But he's getting the job done. He's improved his free throws and. I just think the best is yet to come for him. Okay, Alan, we gave you a homework assignment. So you gave uh, yeah. him a homework assignment. Don't <laughs> yeah. I don't give out homework over the holidays. <laughs> He's a good teach. teacher. So if the Brew basketball team was a Christmas movie, what would it be and why? Well, I, I'd say Christmas vacation because uh, they're going to take a four or five day hiatus right now, and uh, and uh, and I'll and I'll not to get to. Uh, I think also the Mississippi Mudhound comment, you guys can look that up about Purdue fans have to let Purdue finish and let Purdue play the season out and get the job done uh, down the road because this is a team uh, 
Um, you know, it's not last year. This is a new year, and Purdue's got a chance to to do some very special things. But you know, there there aren't any cousin Eddies on this team, and uh, that that's a good thing, I think, for Purdue. Uh, they're a team that uh, continues to to get better. And I think we've seen that already this year. And every Purdue fan hopes it's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year. Yeah, but I think that is true. I yeah, just I that. just assumed Alan thought because this was going to be the hap happiest uh, March uh, ever since Bing Crosby tap dance with Danny Kay. Uh, That's right. Thanks for cleaning and, that up, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> yes, and you can do that too. And if you do, and if you watch the uh, HBO or the Max version, you get the whole version of what he yes, said. You there. Do. But, yeah, 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 but 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 uh, no, it it is it is from Purdue. Uh, there's just a lot of things to look forward to, and uh, it's been a been a good year, but a great year, really, if you look at it. I, uh, without, with exception of the of uh, a few hours in March, this is a team that's going to be going to been good all year and uh, going to continue to be that way uh, into 2024. I think we're talking with Alan Carpenter on the Blue Fox Heating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. Let's take a look at what's ahead here, Alan. Again, not to disrespect the uh, the, the Colonels or anything, but. Uh, the Big Ten season is right around the corner here, at least the main bulk of it uh, for Purdue. And, you know, we spent a lot of November trying to figure out who the second best team was. There was, uh, you know, a lot of questions there. I feel like we've fallen into tears here a little bit now uh, in the Big Ten. So uh, using what you've seen throughout December here, what do you expect out of the Big Ten? Were, I mean, what do you put in for, like, your top three here? Does it become close? What are you expecting out of Big Ten play this year? Well, I think we saw on December 1st that, uh, you know, Purdue's just what teams can do, beating Northwestern's win over Purdue. And, and uh, I think there'll be other ones. I just don't think Purdue's going to run the table here throughout the rest of the conference season. Uh, Illinois is uh, uh, certainly capable with Terrence Shannon on down the line. This is a very talented team that plays defense. Uh, the January 5th game will be telling you know, maybe Illinois, Wisconsin, uh, you know, again, I think you, you can't sleep on Michigan State. Baylor did, and we saw what happened. So, and, and, and you know, even in January visit to Bloomington is not going to be easy. Even Kansas found that out. Indiana has talent enough uh, to be very, very good uh, down the road. And, and I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see what Mike Woodson gets out of that team down the stretch. But I think Indiana uh, has talent enough to not only be dangerous against Purdue, uh, if they can develop, Indiana will be an NCAA tournament team. If it doesn't, it, obviously it won't. But I think there's signs that you know you just won't know what. And this is like a lot of teams and a lot of teams that have transfers and new players. You see that, and and, and they get better by the end of the year. But you know, is Indiana the team that uh, took Kansas to the mat, or is they the one against Moorhead State? That's a that that's a legitimate question, and, and I think. Uh, uh, a one that will be answering, but Ohio State too. You can't, you know, I'll keep name. I'll name everybody by the time we get done. But I would put <laughs> Ohio State, Wisconsin, and and Illinois, and Michigan State in that upper tier. I still would put Michigan State as being dangerous, um, and I also think that uh, put Indiana just below that. And how difficult is it going to be for a team like Indiana, who has zero marquee non-conference victories, to try to get enough uh, victories in the conference? I mean, they could be in a position where they go, say, 13-7 and seven and don't make the tournament simply because their resume is so weak. Right, and, and that's where that target on Purdue's back, uh, when, when they, and, and they all, Purdue always has a target on the back when they get to Assembly Hall. You know, those games are going to make be extra, extra difficult. I mean, we saw that last year. I mean, what's the the statistic about how many times Purdue's had the court rushed 
against it in the last three years. It's an, it's basically every loss and on the road. And I think that that's uh, that is where uh, you know somebody will emerge too. You know, produce. Uh, but I, but I do think you're right. Indiana's in desperate need of a win. They really could have used obviously the win over Kansas and, and played well enough of in 35 minutes of that game to get that done. They just didn't get, get it done. So uh, it's a long year and, and and a long conference season. And there are games uh, and certainly that Purdue game and maybe Illinois that Illinois gets jumps up into the into the top ten over time. Uh, you know, that uh, Indiana can get its marquee wins. But uh, you're right, it's going to be hard to do that to some extent. Alan Carpet, goldenblack.com is the website. Again, those subscriptions make great stocking stuffers for the Boilermaker fan in your life. They're doing a lot of good stuff over there, so make sure you check them out. Uh, Him along with Tom, Mike Carmen, Brian Newbert, uh, just great stuff from the podcast all the way down to the articles uh, you're going to love that stuff, so uh, make sure you check it out. Alan, it's always a pleasure talking ball with you on a Friday. Have a, a Merry Christmas, friend, and uh, we will see you back here next week. We'll be getting excited for that game against Illinois and Mackey Arena. That's going to be a great showdown. All right, sounds good. Now, you're talking two weeks from now, right? Yeah, that's what, because that, that, is the, yeah, that is the fifth, we, right? You yeah. keep dissing. I'm telling you what, they're going to come after you from Eastern Kentucky. I know. I'll tell you what. So they you know, you're just not doing it. But no, I look forward to it. Happy New Year to everybody. Merry Christmas. And uh, we'll look forward to what uh, will promise to be an interesting 2024. Welcome back. Boiler Basketball Show 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com with Jared Chesson, Lads, and Jeff Julik. Back to the uh, Blue Fox Eating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline, a man who is definitely on Santa's nice list this year because he's the man with his finger on the pulse of Boilermaker Nation. Uh, it is Nate Barrett joining us here. As uh, the Boilermakers roll last night, I know that put a smile on his face. Um, look, Like we brought up with uh, Alan, Nate, I mean, this time of the year, the way Purdue has been winning, you just don't have a whole lot of grievances right now with this basketball team. You're in a pretty darn good mood as you head into the holidays. You know what hit me, guys, uh, this morning when I woke up, I told your buddy Mac on one of your sister stations this, uh, the Boilermakers are going to be number one in the country on Christmas morning. As well they should be. And here I thought he was going to say what hit him was a deer this morning. I was going to be like, oh, man, poor guy. Sorry about <laughs> no, it, Nate. Just, just, just think of that Christmas present, Julek. Your Boilers are going to be number one when you wake up Christmas morning. And all is right with the world. I mean, that, and I and I told uh, my wife with the game last night, I said, you know, you're, we're sitting here and like a regular great Purdue basketball game, and it's easy to forget that they're they're, you know, the number one team in the country and and have had an unbelievable run in the uh, in the uh, preseason schedule, the non-conference portion of the schedule again this year. And lot, lots for sports fans in Greater Lafayette to be thankful for. You know, though, Nate, if you had to nitpick. If you had to ask for something here, instead of just being content, I mean, what, what? Ebenezer, Ebenezer, Jessalina. Oh, exactly. bum, bum, bug. Bug. get out of here! Look, it's it's they they look fantastic right now. I'm not asking for something. I'm not trying to be pessimistic about it here. But you know, as great as it's going to be on uh, on birthday on Monday to uh, be able to wake up and know that the Boilermakers are number one. I think what most fans would tell you is that's nice, but I want to be number one at the end of March. You know, I, I want to be hoisting a trophy there. That's when it really matters. This is all great, and I'm enjoying it as we go along, and they look fantastic. But, I mean, let's face it, the end goal has to be a Final Four at this point, and that's what you're really working towards. 
Jared, when did you become such a typical Purdue fan? I got to get on the other side of you guys. I chide these people all the time. Well, there was some poor girl on uh, Twitter last night. So there's a guy behind him like, ah, they're going to they're gonna blow this, make it a sizable bet and stuff like that. I'm like, hey, I, I said take the team total over. I am I, I am very pro-Purdue here. I'm just saying if we spent the entire hour going, yep, everything's great. No need to worry about anything. It's going to be a boring show. So I'm just saying here, you know, if you want to, if you needed to work on something through the holiday break, if you were Purdue, because it seems like there's nothing that you do need to work on, uh, what, what do you work on? Well, I mean, Jared, let's just reflect as we this is kind of a end-of-the-year show that the, the entire, perhaps you haven't noticed, Jared, but the entire world of college sports is, rapidly spinning out of control no. and, and, and yet and yet your boilermakers under the leadership of matt painter and his, his staff have been able to cut through all of that garbage and keep this team uh in the spot where they are and yes we want everything like everybody else in march but that alone my friend is worth celebrating in a crazy nil portal filled conference alignment realignment era uh, your boilers are in pretty good shape, as good a shape as you could be heading into Christmas time. And that's done with 11 high school seniors that signed with Purdue and are now Boilermakers and uh, and one transfer, and that's uh, pretty rare in today's yeah, uh, world. And, and with more great guys on the way. Absolutely. And, that's, so, and we've been talking about this too, Nate. For the, the the hate that some of the national media will throw in here, just they don't want to buy into the Boilermakers. They're 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 looking for all the issues here. Well, UConn's going to be better, or whatever. Uh, uh, you know, Houston, whoever they want to throw out there, because I think Purdue does make a lot of these people look foolish. Because as Jeff pointed out, there it's they're not a transfer portal heavy team, and a lot of these guys were very much under recruited and underrated. And that's a big business these days with these. And you got a lot of coaches turning around, looking at those guys go, how do you miss a guy like Braden Smith? Like, how are you so off on that? How are you so off on the national player of the year was a three-star kid coming out of high school. Like, you know, how are we missing this potential? I think it makes a lot of people look stupid. Because Matt Painter is looking at different things than they're looking at. Exactly. And, and that an institution like Purdue, you have to look at things. Do you think Purdue views the whole picture of who they're recruiting the same way Alabama does? I, I don't think so. And so uh, it's a different, it's a whole different thought process. And, you know, we, I was talking with a friend yesterday, you know, the history of the NCAA tournament, as you both know, is littered with teams that should have been in the Final Four and didn't get there. And so you, you don't know what's going to happen to anybody, but it doesn't take away from the fact that, you know, you have a, a team that's taking on the best the country has to offer and beating them and finding ways to win, even when they have an onslaught like they did uh, from Alabama in terms of three-pointers. So, you know, the everybody knew, and, and Matt had months to reflect on it, that you know, you've got to find a way to overcome the spot you, you've been in some of these NCAA tournament games, and, and that'll come. But you also don't underestimate, as much as Painter wants to win at all, that the big winning the Big Ten is still a huge deal. Winning your league is still a huge deal, and, and you've got to get that done first because a lot of positives start to roll from that. And uh, it's still, and especially in this new league, I mean, my goodness, you know, what, what's it going to mean to, to win it in a league that's going to be as big as this is? So, uh, I think we just have to enjoy the moment and uh, what should be a very exciting conference season. But 
I'm optimistic, fellas, as always, that uh, Purdue will be there. They'll be in the mix this year when it's all said and done. Absolutely. And, you know, Nate, Jared gave you a homework assignment, which I thought was fantastic. Again, but... you did this. I don't give <laughs> I was, homework I was over the hoping, holiday. I was hoping I could get through this without this. So if Purdue was a Christmas movie, what would it be and why? What would it be? I would say here's, here's what I'd say. It'll be uh, it'll be White Christmas because Ooh. because we're all dreaming like we're all dreaming of that perfect Christmas morning with the snow on the ground. We're we're all dreaming of uh, of waking up that that morning when the Boilers have won the national championship and all is right with the world. Just like Bing Crosby and Danny Kay made it all oh, right for that, for that like old it. general for that old general up in Vermont that needed. Well, uh, a one last hurrah. <laughs> Remember forever. That's that's what our. Can you imagine how the morning they woke up and realized the Boilers were the national champs? There you go. It's White Christmas. Well done. I, I, I was I, I was expecting a musical number somewhere in there as well. <laughs> we didn't quite get to it, but that's. Uh... I was trying. I was trying last night when Julek assigned us his homework assignment. I'm thinking. Uh, is it Home Alone? And Edie is Kevin trying to you know completely, uh, you know, uh, make the house where it's impenetrable to burglars? I don't know. I'm trying to think about There's so many options you can go with. I was waiting. So I, nobody yeah. wants to go with gremlins? Okay, that's fine. <laughs> hey, that's I, right. I tell you what we don't want to go with is Uncle Eddie on National Lampoon. <laughs> but like I told Alan, we would like to have the gift that keeps on giving the whole year long, though. That, that That's true. Now, what did Alan go with? Alan went with Christmas Vacation, actually. Yes, he did. Okay. <laughs> well, I want to hear more about that. But, 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 but you there do. you go. That was that was the first time Julik's ever given Alan and I homework assignment. No, I'm a, I'm a friend of the students. I don't give away homework over the holiday like this guy. You go and you enjoy it. We're talking with Nate Barrett on the Blue Fox Eating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. Uh, I've already been chided for disrespecting the uh, Colonels for next week, but it is time to start looking ahead at the Big Ten, Nate, and uh, like I told uh, Alan, we spent most of November trying to figure out exactly who the second-best team was uh, in the Big Ten, but I feel like now we've gotten to a point where uh, we at least have a second tier, right? Some of those challengers yeah. to the throne. So um, now watching what you've watched throughout December, tell me here, uh, who are the teams that uh, concern you the most uh, with the uh, Boilermakers heading into the Big Ten season? Well, as interesting as Purdue's week was, guys, it was an interesting week uh, for Indiana, who needed it to be a 36-minute game instead of a 40-minute game down in Bloomington against Kansas. It went about four minutes too long for them. But Indiana, to their credit, uh, you know that'd be another note off last season, is uh, you want to beat Indiana twice this year if you're Purdue. That didn't happen last year. And Indiana served notice that they can play. And they've had some games where they haven't looked very good, haven't looked all together, and they, they gave the Jayhawks all they wanted down in Assembly Hall. And I think folks kind of expected that, but I don't know that they really expected Indiana to have uh, the Jayhawks really in a position where you thought they could get beat. So that's note one. The other is, of course, Tom Izzo and Michigan State to watch them come out after a really rough start and just throttle Baylor. You're like, okay, that's, that's the Tom Izzo of Michigan State teams I know. So a couple of Big Ten teams there that, that uh, served some notice, what, Ohio State uh, uh, took on UCLA. And so it's, it's getting rolling here, fellas. 
uh, where some, he thought, I don't know where they're really at, serve notice that come Big Ten time, they're going to be ready to go. And, Nate, can we give out a, a Fragili major award to the uh, person who came up with the free chicken promotion? I mean, boy, does that get the arena rocking. That was a lot of fun last night as they tip free throws. It's terrific. And uh, my wife, uh, it was her first game in person this year, so I was explaining to her how that worked. And, and then friends that have watched the games on TV are like, what's going on with that promotion? And I said, well, hey, you know, they're just trying to get them to miss both free throws. And so it didn't happen last night. Uh, last chance came at about the 219 mark, but a great promotion. Everybody was into it. And I think the Purdue crowd for being a, uh, students away from campus game last night was a really nice crowd. It was a good environment. And uh, you're right, Eastern Kentucky, and then let's get into Big Ten play here. and It, it should be uh, one heck of a fun Big Ten season. I do want to point out to uh, our friends that uh, get in towards the end of the game there that, uh, you know, against Eastern Kentucky, I'm just saying if we haven't hit that, uh, there's a big guy in the paint that's a backup, maybe shoots like 30%, 40%. Do everybody a favor here. It's a late Christmas gift. We'll be more than appreciative of that. Uh, yeah. Keep yeah. that top of mind, please. Well, you got you, Will Berg's going to have to take over the elf role from Caleb First someday. <laughs> will, will be good. And then the the highlight of, of the night for me, guys, was Julix on the same side of the floor that I sat on. Uh, the highlight was Carson Barrett behind the head Ooh. and Ooh. and look and look flashing the big eyes to his mates on the bench as he made the behind the head pass. Uh, highlight of the night for me last night. Travian Williams, who? Look at that pass. I'll oh, tell you he's what. great. He's great. great. Shout out to the local legend, Carson Barrett there. Nate Barrett, no relation here. And unless he makes more no passes fair. like that, then he might claim some uh, here on the Blue Fox Eating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. Buddy, hey, it's always great talking to you on a Friday. Have a uh, Merry Christmas with you and your family. And uh, we'll talk ball with you again next Friday, bud. All right. Merry Christmas, guys. See you. Welcome back, Boiler Basketball Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. Happy holidays to you, Jared Jessalitis. That is Jeff Julik in his Santa hat, which is just a ball cap with a Santa hat. Hey, it works. If you say so, but I, should <laughs> wear my, I didn't wear my sweater at all. I didn't think to wear my holiday sweater at all today, but uh, we're in here. Now's the time, though, Jeff. Uh, we like to uh, pause and uh, take a look at what is going on in the Big Ten as uh, we get ready to head in the holiday. No change into the Big Ten standings, obviously, uh, but uh, Indiana, the only undefeated team at 2-0 and in conference play. Uh, they're at 9-3, Northwestern at 9-2, and Illinois at 8-2, and Wisconsin at 8-3. and You got Purdue at 11-1, Ohio State at 10-2, Nebraska at 10-2, Minnesota at 9-3 and right now, and then you kind of got the also rans here. Maryland at seven and four, Penn State at six and six, Michigan at six and six, Rutgers is seven and three, Iowa is seven and five, Michigan State is seven and five. The only difference here is Michigan State's going to have a much higher net ranking because they actually play teams. Uh, Maryland, Penn State, Michigan, Rutgers, Iowa. I mean, just no no real chance it looks like at making the tournament because their net ranking is already so low because of how bad they've performed in the non-conference. I mean, it's going to happen. Yeah, there's some serious teams that may, uh, you know, have good records in the conference and have a real tough time making the NCAA tournament because of their schedule. And and quite frankly, they had some opportunities and they just didn't produce. Now, Indiana's another one of those teams, too. We talked about they've crept up into the uh, top 100 now. But, you know, they need to be in the top 50. And there's just not a lot of opportunities at the Big Ten to increase your net. There are a lot of opportunities to take a big hit in your net ranking here uh, coming up in the Big Ten season. That's for sure because, 
like, like I said, you know, Nebraska's not there, Minnesota, Maryland, Penn State, Michigan, Rutgers, Iowa. Uh, those are all teams that are going to do a lot of damage if you want to lose, especially at home. And Indiana's an interesting team. They've got a really nice front line, and, and they've got potential, and they played well against Kansas. Uh, who's been saying that for, uh, like, a month now, that exactly. they, were gonna get, they will get it figured out. Their, their backcourt is, you know, limited to basically two players right now because of Johnson being out. And, you know, they're the type of team that, that seems to sleepwalk against teams like, uh, uh, you know, against who, uh, Moorhead State the other night, but then uh, they play Army. really well and, and get up for Kansas. So, I, obviously, I think the when the when the uh, top teams head into to Assembly Hall, they're going to have a tough game on their hands. But uh, I think last night was the first time they actually covered and as a favorite at home. They hit twelve threes, which is so rare. I mean, yeah, they don't hit threes. It's a big not problem a three for point them. Shooting team, and so last night they hit the threes and they they blew uh, Alabama State away. But you know, the, the, the game before, what they were so terrible. I mean, yeah. what, I mean, they were like zero for eight or ten or something like yeah, that. Yeah, team that Purdue beat by thirty. So I mean. You know they're in a position where they they've created a must-win situation when it comes to these this upper tier of the Big Ten. If they don't beat the upper teams in the Big Ten, you know they're going to find themselves uh, looking at an NIT bid coming in the season. I think another team too that we got to start talking about uh, where their direction and Nate brought them up and and so did Allen is Michigan State. You know ever since that win over Baylor. Uh, which was a uh, what a 20, uh, 24 point win uh, yeah, against they, Baylor. They there, just they have from start to finish. They have sort of figured this out uh, a little bit more, and you knew that they had the 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 talent to do something right. Um, and Michigan State is a team that historically has played very tough competition in the non conference and looked kind of poor at times because of who they played. And then they get in the Big Ten season, you get in the middle of January, like uh oh. These guys kind of figured it out. Uh, they may have figured it out a little bit faster than I thought they were going to. I'm not ready to say they figured it out. I mean, they had a good game against against uh, Baylor, and they obviously came back and beat Oakland. But they still have some flaws, and their flaws they they do. But they, they don't have an inside game. But with that I mean, talent and everything, they are a very dangerous team, Jeff. If they're hitting threes, I and mean, now they're having a little bit more confidence. They live and die by the three, and they live in transition. And but you know what's killing them right now is they just don't have an inside game at, at that five position, and that's that's not a good thing to have when you go up against a team like Purdue. So. Uh, you know, it'll and be that game is at Mackey, so it that's is good. At Mackey. I mean, uh, improvement. You know, Tom Izzo will have a better Christmas than had he went in with a losing record, but uh, they still have a long way to go before they are ready to be at the level that we've seen Michigan State in the past year. Well, you look at some of the losses for them too. You know, the opening season, uh, the opening the season with the loss of James Madison, and everybody goes, "Oh my gosh!" And then you realize, yeah, okay, James well, Madison, James is yeah. actually kind of good, so that's not bad there. You know, you lose uh, against Duke, a top ten I mean, Duke. Yeah. Right, uh, Arizona. Yeah, but what was that? A six? That was a six-point yeah, loss. I mean, I mean, that's, that's that's respectable at least. And Wisconsin did a really good job of shutting them down shooting. That's what Wisconsin does. Uh, that stinks that that's a home game, and then you went out to Nebraska, who shoots poorly, and you can't do that. It is tough to win on the road. Don't get me wrong, but you feel like that those back-to-back Big Ten losses were a gut check kind of thing for them, and perhaps they've refocused and redoubled their efforts. They did what they were supposed to do against Oakland. And Stony Brook here, and let's face it, part of you thought, ah, these guys aren't covering those games, right? Look at this. It was just a flash in the pan. Uh, it has not been, and uh, they were very, very good against Stony Brook last night, 99-55. to 55. So I'm just, I'm not ready to say, eh, it's not there yet. Indiana State's going to be interesting. Yeah. Parnese. It's going to be real that's, interesting. That's going to be a tough game for them. Yeah, but then you take a look at what they got after that. It's Penn State uh, at home, too, and uh, then they're going to have to go on the road for a couple tough ones, Northwestern 
and uh, Illinois, and then they've got a, a good three-game stretch there where they should dominate. Uh, I, I, I'm not discounting Michigan State. So let's go ahead and uh, take some time. It's a, it's a thin schedule here uh, because of the holiday break, but uh, there is some action tonight. Chicago State. Hey, remember, they're dangerous, uh, but Wisconsin... Ask Northwestern. Yeah, Wisconsin may hold them to 30 points tonight. We'll see uh, We'll see what happens there, because uh, State is not exactly a high-powered offense. That game, 8 o'clock on Big Ten Network. Then 13th-ranked Illinois goes into Missouri. Uh, 9 o'clock, that game played in the Enterprise Center in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, Maryland at UCLA is a preview of a Big Ten matchup in Poly Pavilion. 9 o'clock, that is on ESPN2. Uh, yeah, Maryland at UCLA is, I don't know, Maryland, Maryland's got some talent. Their best players just are not playing well, and the supporting cast is not helping pick up the slack. That's a big game for them because, you know, if they can get there, you know, they have NCAA tournament aspirations as well, and, and they're going to have to win these games, especially against UCLA, if they want to make the tournament. And three and a half point spread, too, for this one, uh, and UCLA is the favorite here. So, yeah, Maryland they got to start making some hay here. Let's see if they can get a uh, road win. Uh, that might be the, uh, the, the closest game on your Friday night schedule there. Although, um, I don't know, I, I suppose Illinois could kind of sleepwalk a little bit here, but we'll see. That takes us to Saturday, the uh, 23rd. You've got one game. Uh, Mississippi State is at Rutgers that game at noon. Uh, remember, that used to be a place that you didn't want to play. However, uh, on the 23rd, uh, that might actually not be a bad place to jump into at Rutgers. <laughs> might not be the worst time to hit Jersey Mike's Arena, but that's the only, only game on your Saturday. And then uh, nobody will play on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. The that's next... because they're celebrating your birthday. Exactly. Nobody's going to play on Tuesday either or Wednesday. you got to wait until we get to Thursday. Coppin State will head out to uh, Maryland and play in the Xfinity Center. Uh, bonus points if you can identify where Coppin State is. Can't help you there, my friend. There you go. You know what? I actually don't know uh, either. It's, it's, is it Alabama? I think it is. Maybe yeah. it's Alabama. But they're 1-12. Don't think that that's going to cause uh, too many issues there uh, for uh, Maryland. They should be able to get right. Then Friday, let's load it up. Everybody is back at it on Friday, Jeff Julik, uh, when Purdue host Eastern Kentucky on Big Ten Network, followed by McNeese taking on Michigan. Ryder rides into Penn State to the Bryce Jordan Center. Kennesaw State is at Indiana. Northern Illinois travels to Iowa. Maine at Minnesota on Peacock. South Carolina State at Nebraska. Jackson State at Northwestern, 8 o'clock on Peacock. Fairleigh Dickinson will travel to Illinois, and they have the opportunity to do the most hilarious thing ever for us and help us out. We'd appreciate that. We would. Wouldn't we? That'd be a lot we of fun. We would really appreciate that if uh, Fairley could uh, find in their hearts to do that. So that is the schedule. All right, we want to thank our uh, tremendous guest, as always, Alan Karpik of GoldenBlack.com, not to mention Nate Barrett uh, joining us here. It's been a, a tremendous 2023 here on this show. We're very much looking forward to to 2024 and to see just how far this Boilermaker team can go. We can't thank you guys enough for listening. We appreciate it. Have a Merry Christmas, Happy Holiday, Festivus, whatever it is that you celebrate. Uh, thank you for listening to us here on the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com.